Man, you can grab a seat. Welcome everyone to Chapel Community Worship. It's so good to be here with you all today. What a gift to come and gather together. That song, what a beautiful song. What, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning, like sunshine every morning. And what a gift to come together. I'm so glad that you all chose to come here and take, remember that sunshine that God gives, God's faithfulness as His, his gift to us. In the midst of a really busy time, we have a lot of things going on. So good to come here and take a breath, to recenter on what's important, to remember God, His love, and His goodness, and our inclusion in His family, and Jesus. Such a gift. I'm grateful to do that with you all. And grateful there are some other opportunities like that. Hosanna tonight, a chance to do that. Awake tomorrow. Remember there's the prayer room back here. If you need some space, just get away and, and be with God and, and take a breath with Him and Jesus. Come partake in that. We're glad we worship God together today. Would you pray with me, please? Lord God, thank you for this privilege of gathering in your name. And we, we remember this day that your great love and faithfulness that does not waver. In the midst of the darkness around us in this world, we look to you, the faithful one, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Bring your kingdom. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. This day we cry out for peace in the midst of war and violence. We cry out for provision and hope for those who are hopeless and hungry. We cry out for justice where injustice seems everywhere we look. We cry out for reconciliation where divisions and hatred and, and, and racial divides continue to tear us apart. And Lord, we look out there to our world. We also look inside our hearts. Lift our hearts and may we know your faithfulness in our hearts and the darkness that we feel. Push back the darkness. Let us live in freedom from sin and freedom from guilt and shame because of your great love for us in Jesus. Thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Whatever has been done, we can bring to you, receive your forgiveness and grace. In the midst of feeling overwhelmed, we look to you for your strength and your faithfulness to provide for what you've called us to, this task and the tasks in front of us. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of gathering your name. Open our hearts. We will be your people here and throughout this day and throughout this week, sent in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. I'm Kent. Um, do you need to say, yeah, I think that's good to say. I'm Kent. Um, <laughs> this morning, uh, we continue uh, with these I am statements of Jesus in uh, John chapter 11 where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Uh, probably one of the big I am statements, maybe the biggest, like I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus said. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. So here's Jesus. He's in this nearby town. And these two sisters, Martha and Mary, send word to Jesus that their brother, Lazarus, is really, really sick. And there's this verse, verse 3. you have this? Um, this is like obscure, but uh, I need this verse this morning. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. The text doesn't say the one who loves you is sick. It says the one you love. I actually need that exact wording. Because I normally um, approach the Lord based on how well my love for him is. Uh, 
And I mostly think that I'm not doing that well. <laughs> like uh, I'm stupid and I'm uh, unfaithful and I doubt. And so I mostly approach God with some sense that like I'm, I'm a cowering puppy waiting for him to send me to the kennel because I haven't loved him enough. Um, so isn't it awesome that uh, Lazarus is the one Jesus loves? Uh, John 4, or 1 John 4 says, we love because he first loved us. John 15, 15 says, Jesus said to his crazy disciples, um, I don't call you servants, but I call you friends. Uh, he doesn't love you simply because he has to because he's God. He doesn't love you because, you know, like God is sort of like obliged to love you because that's what he does. No. I mean, would you rather hear, hey, how much do you love God? Cassie, how much do you love God? How much do you love God? Liv, how much do you love God? Are you love, how much, or would you rather hear, you're loved by God. You're the one God loves. You're his friend, and man, oh, he loves you. Kate, you're the one God loves. Oh. That's not even my sermon, but anyway. Uh. <laughs> when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, uh, it says that he stayed where he was in this nearby town for two more days. Um, and then when he finally arrives, there's this large crowd, and like Lazarus is already dead three days in a tomb. And so we read this. Uh, here's the sermon. We read this. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, you know, here he comes to this town. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who's come into the world. Then when Mary, Martha's sister, came and reached the place where Jesus was, she saw him, and she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus was late. That's comforting to me. Last spring, I was late. Youth ministry class, 9.30. Micah gave me a call. Stephen Fleming, where are you? You guys were there. You gave me a call. They're somewhere in the room. They're hiding. Uh, and it, here's the call I got from Micah. Hey, Kent. Hi, what's up, Micah? What time is it? I don't know, 9.20. I looked up. Really? What time is it? 9.20, I'm getting, what are you doing? I'm getting ready for class. Uh, then I looked at my iPhone, it was 9.45. And the whole class, he had it on speakerphone, the whole class was in there. I hear thumbing in the back going, oh. It was like presentations for class, midterms, I was late. I ran into class, and the class like, you know, I was just all, <laughs> idiot. But it's good to know that Jesus and I have something in common. I was only like... 20 minutes, it was two days, you know. But can you, can you hear Martha and Mary's despair if you'd only been here? You're late. You know, in Greek, there are two words for time, chronos. And that's, uh, in the Bible, we use that word for time. That's like human time, chronological time. And there's another word called kairos, which is God time. Um, 
this, this idea that somehow God is above it all. It's his time. Romans 5, 6, Paul says, you see, just at the right kairos, at the right time, God sent his son. That's God's time. Um, have you ever felt, though, that experience where you just are crying in despair? Um, like, God, you're late. I had that panic feeling um, this last December when uh, we were with our best friend over Christmas, Patty, Linda, and myself, and we were in the waiting room waiting for the doctor to call us in. She wanted us to be with her, and the news came from the doctor in that little room, the three of us, our best friend Patty, that she had a tumor that was cancerous in her brain, and it wasn't operable. Um, same fearful feeling I had in my gut on my birthday, November 5th, just a little over a week ago, when I got a call from Pam, who is Jim's wife. Jim is one of my best friends. And she said Jim had been in a terrible bike accident riding and uh, had flipped over the handlebars and broke C1, 2, 3. His neck was broken, and it was in ICU, and it didn't look good. God, you're going to show up? You're going to be late? I mean, the questions haven't changed. Jesus was there 2,000 years ago amid the same questions. It says this one. Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Whew. Wow. To think that God cried. God shed tears. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And then Jesus prays this prayer. And, G and, and, and Lazarus comes out of the tomb. You should probably have a little bit of a problem, actually, at this point. Um, I think you should all be saying, like, whoa, I'm not sure I'm actually liking what you're throwing down here, Kent. Okay, I mean, it's kind of cool. Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. But, like, if you haven't figured this out, Kent, um, my story is not the same. Because that's not my reality. Because in my reality, people die. So unless you're going to show some miracle here, do some crazy thing, like, woo, rah, you know, you might want to shut up. I get it. I'm with you. My friend Patty died July 3rd of a cancerous brain tumor. Jim was on life support. And we were praying for God to show up. Don't be late. But Friday, just last Friday, four days ago, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Pam and her two children, Josh and Kelly, made the decision to disconnect Jim from life support. And four hours later at 7 a.m., we lost a husband, a dad, a grandpa, and one of my best friends. They released him into the hands of the Lord. You're right. Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. But he didn't bring back your uncle or your mom or your friend or Jim or Patty. 
So maybe I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die is not that cool. So what do we do? Well, we've got to be honest. When Jesus was alive, everybody still died. I mean, there's only three times that Jesus brought anybody back to life. And have you ever thought about this? <laughs> I mean, what a raging party would have happened when Lazarus came out of the tomb. It would have been a rager. I mean, it would have been like, hey, party rock was in the house. And I mean, it would have been wild. <laughs> and uh, after 2 o'clock in the morning, after the, the kegger and the, I don't know, it was all going crazy. I probably drank a little, I don't know. And then Lazarus falls into bed going, wow. And he looks up at the dark ceiling, pitch black at night, 3 in the morning. And he had this shuddering thought bummer. I, I got to do this again. Yeah, because there's one thing we all have in common. We ain't getting out here alive. That's the truth. Even Lazarus had to do it again. Catholic priest and author Henry Nouwen said it this way, the joy of the gospel isn't that Jesus came down to take away all our trouble, pain, and suffering, and disease. The joy of the gospel is that Jesus came down to be with us. To be with us. Ooh. That's why the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept, is so powerful. Jesus knows what's going on with you right now. He gets it. I mean, then we read Hebrews, and it's just this beautiful, now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We we don't have a priest who's out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing and experienced it all, all of the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy. Accept his help. If I'm honest, right now, with all that's been going on in my life, Lazarus, this story, only gives me a little bit of hope. So, so, so Jesus gives me some more. Like on Easter Sunday, Mary was at the tomb of Jesus. The stone was rolled away, and she thought somebody stole his body. She must have wondered, couldn't Jesus, who raised Lazarus, like saved himself? Like, come on. You know, and then she sees this person who she thought was the gardener, and she says, where, where is he? Where, where have you laid him? And, and, and not realizing that the one standing right in front of her at the empty tomb was Jesus. I got thinking, why didn't Mary recognize him? Perhaps it was because she couldn't even conceive of resurrection. Or perhaps there were so many tears in her eyes, it was just all blurry, you know? Or maybe she was so filled with anger and grief and fear that she wasn't able to see the reality of who was just standing so close right in front of her. So too, sometimes our tears... And our fears and our grief and our lack of belief blind us to the deeper truth of how close Jesus really is. Sometimes our pain and our loss can blind us to the reality that this life does not have the final word. Death does not have the final say. Because of the great I am, I don't lose hope. It hurts. I'm going to miss my friends, but I don't lose hope. Friends, may we who desperately try to prove how much we love Jesus 
realize that we're the ones Jesus loves. May we quit looking at our watch and start believing in God's time, Kairos time. Trusting that he's never too late. May we realize there's more to life than meets the eye. May we, in the midst of our tears, know that Jesus is weeping with us. May we, in our worst fear as humans, death, trust the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. And may we bring the good news of the great I am to a hurting and broken world who desperately needs to know that whether it's 80 days or 80 years, death isn't it. It's only the beginning. Would you read this benediction together? We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Go in the power of the resurrected Jesus to serve others with reckless abandon.